college basketball. Are ACC men's basketball teams bombing or just late bloomers? That's Will, I'm Jim, and this is ACC Nation. In week one of the AP Top 25, essentially the preseason, the top five, Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, and Texas. Well, how about the ACC? In week one, Duke was at nine, North Carolina 19, Florida State 20, Virginia 25. And in the receiving votes category, it was Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and Louisville. That's quite a lineup. We're going to get into where are they now in just a second. But let's talk a little bit about college basketball in general. Will, has this been one of the more topsy-turvy seasons that you've seen so far, starting from November to, like, the beginning of January? Feels like it. To be honest with you, I mean, we've seen, you know, a lot of results, not just in the ACC, but in college basketball in general, that make you just kind of scratch your head and say, what the puck? <laughs> <laughs> Bing, uh, points, yes. points. <laughs> um, but and it, it literally, it started that first night of the season when Virginia lost to Navy. And you know, and we've seen like a, we're pointing out with the ACC, you know, we've seen a lot of weird losses, but, you know, teams that have not looked as good as expected. Um, Arkansas being one of them out of the SEC, who, you know, they a lot of people thought they could be a, a sleeper in the SEC. They've just kind of disappeared in the thin air almost. They, they're just not as good this year. Um it's yeah, it's just been a real weird topsy turvy year. And then, like, as soon as you think you know what's going to happen, it all just, you know, it all just goes away. And I think it's fair to say bag. at this what's that? It goes the hell on a handbag. Hell in a handbag. But I think we could also say, to be fair, I mean, like, it felt like a, at some, like, a, a roughly one third of the D one basketball teams have had been on COVID pause at this point of the year. And yeah. when you have to take a pause like that, it does kind of affect you, you know, at least early on. And that that's, you know, that might have something to do with it, but still um, coming out and, you know, losing the teams you shouldn't lose that. That's feel like, I feel like that's happening a lot this year. Yeah. I, I, and it, it's not for lack of talent either. That's the thing. Right. A lot of these teams that are losing are stacked. And it's it's like, where, where's the focus? Where is the focus that you typically see in college basketball? Don't see it this year. Not like we have, you know, it's not every team. Certainly can't say that about every single team in that AP top 25. There's a, a handful of them that are playing ball like, well, this is the way we always play ball, so why should we do anything differently? But the majority of teams just seem to be, I don't know, man. Their head is in the cloud or something. It's its not – it's just not right. There's something off. Or their heads are, you know, in a certain other part of the body. It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, dark and brown. Yeah, dark and brown. <laughs> I won't try. I won't try to analyze that. Yeah. <laughs> um, gee whiz. All right. So we time looked, to get ourselves back on track. <laughs> that's right. So we looked at the top five, basically the preseason uh, top five. Now in week ten, who are the top five? Well, it's Baylor. Uh, Gonzaga is back into the top five. They've kind of been flirting with disaster ucla is back into the top five they also have been flirting with disaster auburn's there usc is there um yeah some of these earlier teams like texas villanova kansas peeled man um and it's not like they've dropped completely off the the face of the earth or anything it's just that man they're just not playing like we thought they were going to so, now, in week one, we talked about who was from the ACC was in the AP Top 25. Duke at nine. That was a, that, that's an important number, nine. North Carolina, Florida State, and Virginia. 
And of course, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville receiving votes. So where are they now? Duke went as high as number two and is now back to number nine. And if they lose while we're talking here, which there's a possibility they may because they have been kind of going back and forth, is it, uh, well. Um, I'll just tell you right now, uh, we are recording during the game and it's early in the second half and Duke has just blown the game open. It's an 18-point game now, yeah. Well, at one point it was not. Yeah, it was close at halftime. That's right. So Wake Forest was, was really showing that they can they can be in the game. But again, Duke is at a, a completely different level this year than uh, obviously, apparently, most of the ACC. But not totally, because mm-hmm. Duke has lost and and has had some really tight games that you got to scratch your head, man. What is going on here? Um, so like I said, Duke is at number nine. They went as high as number two. Where is everybody else? There's literally nobody else from the ACC in the top 25 or even in receiving votes category. Zip. So that's how far things have. That's why the question, has ACC men's basketball bombed or are they just late bloomers? That's a good question. We're mid-January, and since teams have been playing since early November, you'd think you should expect more. In fact, there's no doubt in my mind, Will, that several teams are just simply underperforming. Question is, again, bomb, late bloomer. Let's look at some of the latest scores, too, because I before we get into looking at each one of these teams, and, and you know, Give us your thoughts on these on these games as I go through here. Um, and like I said, these are some of the latest scores. Florida State over Miami, 65-64. Okay, close game. Where is yeah, good Florida's, game. Where's, yeah, it was. It was a great game. Florida we were, State. We were talking about that on our uh, chat last night. Yeah. Where like is a, was down to the wire. That's, you know, that's, you know, Miami was, you know, undefeated in the ACC until last, until last night, until that, uh, that, that last play. And yes, I believe it was a foul as much as I, uh, I kind of, I mean, I, I was kind of hoping Miami won just to kind of build momentum off of the win at Duke, but you know, great, you know, great effort, good game by Florida state getting that, that win. Cause they absolutely needed it. <laughs> Whereas most people who are observers of, of most things ACC-wise, uh, ACC refs, go ACC. Another game, Miami over Duke, 76-74. Another great game. An upset, obviously. Uh, Florida State defeated Louisville, 79-70. to A little closer probably than it should have been in, in my eyes, but uh, who's to say? Notre Dame, 72. Georgia Tech, 68. That was an overtime game. Pitt, just getting by Boston College, 69-67. An overtime game. Wake Forest over Syracuse, 77-74. Now, UNC didn't have any problem dispatching Virginia. That was a 74-50. Clemson over NC State, 70-65. Another close game. Notre Dame over UNC. Now, here's another confusing one. 78-73, the Irish on top there. Miami just getting by Syracuse, 88-87. And then Louisville defeats Pitt, but only by three, 75-72. Craziness. Uh, And we expect that in the ACC because the ACC is a pretty competitive conference when it comes down to basketball. But again, Will, um... Are we bombing or are we just late bloomers? You remember the show, The Critic, right? Which it with uh, Jay Sherman? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to use a quote from that show uh, when he described uh, uh, a lot of his movies. It stinks. Yeah, that's it. Take it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm using another John Lovitz <laughs> voice there, but no. It. There's, it's just inconsistent for the most part. I mean, you look at the resumes of all these teams, with the exception of a couple, a lot of these just have some bad losses. I mean, Duke's losses are to Ohio State. Okay, you can 
Make that hard on the road at Ohio State. Okay. All right. Losing at home to Miami. There, Miami's currently you know in first place in the league. Uh, you know that that can be explained because Miami, for once, actually is healthy, and that has what's held them back for the last couple of years. Right. They've had some talent, but they're but by this point of the season, they had like seven healthy players, and. But but at the same time, you know, Isaiah Wong was having to do everything because of all those injuries. And Cam Gusty, who's really shown out this year for them and is having a great season for the Hurricanes. Right. So, and, you know, Miami, again, you know, they had, they've had their own kind of questionable losses in the preseason as well. When you go back and look, um, there's just, there's a lot of weird losses. Um, they, I think they lost early, had a weird loss early in the season as well um Dayton that's who it was on a neutral they lost by 16 to Dayton who's barely in the top 100 on Kimpom but they've also won at Duke won at Duke as we mentioned in Louisville they're right up there at the top of the league as well they they have three losses outside of the top 100 in Kimpom Furman at home uh DePaul at home and at Western Kentucky um not good they, 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 as we say, as we record here on Wednesday night, they're going to be taking on NC State. They are favored, but you know, they've, but you look at NC State's Ken Palm ranking of 116, they're right in that territory with those teams they've just lost to. It's losable, but you know, it's you probably think Louisville wins that one, North Carolina. Okay, you, you can understand them losing to Purdue, Tennessee, and Kentucky, but not to but the Kentucky by 29 points, that one makes no sense. I mean, they are, they are a lot better than that. Notre Dame losing at Notre Dame, excusable. Notre Dame uh, can be a good team and we could talk about them next. They got blown out by Boston college who is probably, you know, the, it was probably by Ken Palm ranking the second worst team in the ACC behind Pitts. Um, and oh yeah, Notre Dame needed barely beat Pitt. And to be honest with you, Pitt should have won that game. That's just that's just where where ACC basketball is. And I mentioned you know some of the other teams that have you know up there up at the top. Okay, Duke. We mentioned you know they, their losses. Florida State lost to South Carolina. They're outside the top 100 in Kimball. Got blown out by Florida. I mean they're an okay team. They'll probably make the tournament, but that's a weird loss. Lost to Syracuse at home. You usually don't see Florida State lose this much at home. Um, obviously, they got blown out by Wake Forest at their place, but we're finding out, okay, Wake Forest, good team this year, despite the fact that they're <laughs> down, uh, as we speak, they're down 16 to Duke at their place. But, uh, uh, yeah, and then I mentioned Virginia. They have losses to Navy and James Madison, and you know, blown out by at home by 17 points against Clemson, uh, and then obviously Armando Baycott basically just bullied them the whole game against against them on Saturday. It is there is there a chance that this thing could could improve? Sure, there's a chance. You need a a, t, a team to actually break away from the pack, or a couple of them. And, you know, or, you know, we need teams to stack up some quality wins and not turn around and lose to somebody inexplicably the next night to hurt that loss. And we, you know, we kind of saw the joke, uh, hashtag one bit ACC, you know, going the last week. And obviously that's not going to happen uh, in Dukes. They're, they're going to, they're not going to get, you know, half the league in this year. They're not getting eight teams in this year. It might be realistic to say they might get four or five. It's not still not a good year for the ACC, but look, look, it's there's potential, but I'm, but it, a lot's going to have to happen. Well, let's talk about that potential because th- there are some teams there that we know they're underperforming. They have the talent, they have the ability to to come back, and uh, this might be under the just blooming or a late bloomers. Um, we've seen this before in the ACC. Uh, we've seen teams struggle right up until the tournament, and then all of a sudden it's like, where was this team all season? And then they roll out of the ACC tournament into the NCAA and sometimes do really well or sometimes just fall flat on their face. 
Um, but <clears throat> yeah, let's let's go down a couple of these, these teams. We'll start at the top here with Boston College. Um, nobody expected Boston College to be good this year for a variety of reasons: new coach, uh, limited roster. You know, just a lot of rebuilding going on. But yet, coaches come in and really done some some marvelous things with the talent he does have, and has done okay. So I cannot apply the bomb label to Boston College this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also can't say that they're just blooming either because they're just in that that in between, and yeah. um, I, I don't see them su- surprising anybody down the, down the stretch. Yeah, they might pull off a win or two here, here and there still. Um, but yeah, they're they're they you really had to set your expectations kind of low with Boston College this year just because they're you know, there was a new coach, just a giant roster turnover. Uh you really and you know, there this is by no nowhere close to what um Earl Grant wants to play. I mean, he he definitely wants a more defensive style. And we've seen that in spurts, but the talent just isn't there right yet. But yeah. we've seen them, like you said, you know, they've jumped up and beat and blew out Notre Dame at home. They've also lost at home to Albany, who is ranked just inside the top 300 in Kimpong. So a lot of variance there. Um, but they've also, like I said, they've also been competitive with a team like Rhode Island, who, you know, they're, they're top 80 on Kimpong. They've, you know, they lost to him by eight on the road, played him again on a neutral and lost to him by six. So it's not like they, they've, you know, they got blown out or anything. They're just, they say the talent level is just not there. Now they put um, Wednesday, they are home against Georgia tech as we record tonight. That game has yet to tip off and, you know, they have a shot of winning that one. Um, probably not very many more the rest of the month, maybe until they play pit at the end of the month. But there might not be very many more wins. But you're, what you're looking for is uh, opportunity to build on, build for the future. Let's go to Syracuse next because uh, this is a this is a team that always just befuddles me. Uh, Beheim has, you know, he's so set in his ways. He has a set way of doing things, and sometimes when he has the right personnel, that all works out fine and dandy. But you know, you've got to have the right combo. And I don't know that he's had the right combo there for quite a while. You know, there there is a running joke that they're that that last four in team with the NCAA tournament almost every year. You know, it's like okay, let's just go ahead and stick them up on the whiteboard there uh, as the la- one of the last four teams in. I you know I don't know that. Um, I don't know that they're going to be in that position this year. Yeah, I there the re, the reason being is their defense is terrible. They're they are and they gave up 100 points to Colgate for one. Um have given up uh some pretty astronomical numbers. Uh 89 to Auburn, granted Auburn's one of the best teams in the country. Uh we had a double overtime game against Indiana where they gave up 110 points. Um, but they've also lost to Georgetown who is nowhere near as good this year as, you know, in years past, but at the same time, we've seen them, you know, get, keep themselves in games because they can shoot the ball so well. Um, they're a pretty good three point shooting team. Obviously buddy Bayheim is kind of the catalyst for that. Um, he, he is a good three point shooter. He's, and so is, uh, so is his brother, Jimmy, who's, who's really good too. And so is Joe Girard. So they have three and Cole Swider too. They're both, they all shoot, you know, roughly 35% or higher on three points on three point shots. But like I said, they don't defend very well. Their team shoots, you know, pretty well. They're, um, from, from both two and three. They don't uh, defend. They don't really get a lot of. They give up a lot of offensive rebounds. I should say that. Um, the sketch, you know, but the really what it is is their two three zone just doesn't. It's not. It doesn't work the same now because 
you're, you know, they, because a lot of that is you're forced to take these threes and that's what teams are kind of, a lot of teams offenses are, are kind of set up on nowadays is the three point percentage. You know, that's the way analytics has taken the game nowadays. And when you get teams that shoot the three really well, that kind of poses a problem for their, for their zone. I always, I've always looked at uh, using exclusively a zone, which, you know, they don't always exclusively use it, but it's pretty much 90% of the time. Uh, it's, it's gimmicky. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's sort of like the, uh, the triple option in football. There just comes a time at which, you know, people don't see it that often or whatever. But in basketball, that's a whole different, you know, mindset. You know, we, we see zones. Mm-hmm. Right. We see zones uh, in football. We don't see the triple option very often. And a triple option is, is something that you've got multiple ways of going. So that can really screw with defenses. Uh, but offenses look at a two, three zone and go, don't go whatever. And, and they work around it. Um, I honestly, I, I like Jim uh, as a coach. Um, but good Lord, man, come on. You gotta you know? think he's got to be real close to hanging it up. Uh, yeah, it is, and you know, hate to, I almost hate to say that there is a there is a place for him, and he, he does well yeah. with what he's got there. But uh, it's just like with a lot of other coaches, there just there just comes a point, and I think I think you're at that point. Let's go with a pit. Um, there needs to be uh, improvement here. I. I struggle. I struggle to see it. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I've seen I've seen discussion about whether coach keeps his job. So. Yeah, I I kind of wonder that, too. I mean, when you look at this might be the worst pit team. They this is no, actually, I'll take that back. This is the worst pit team they've had since the one that's. Uh, the last year of Kevin Stallings in 2018, where they literally lost to everybody and just flat out embarrassed that program. And this year they've had some really bad losses. They lost to the Citadel on opening night. They lost to UMBC. They lost to Monmouth, but they got in the league play. One point loss to Virginia, one point loss to Notre Dame, three point loss to Louisville. So and they, have, they beat Boston College by two. Mm-hmm. So they've shown that in league play, they can actually hang with people. Uh, they just they just don't have the talent to get over that hump. Yeah. You know, they're, they turn the ball over a lot. They, they, uh, they don't shoot the ball very well. Uh, they don't uh, force turnovers much. But they do have, like I said, they have some nice players. I mean, John Hughley is a real nice player on the inside. Femi Odakale is a pretty good player. Um, they just don't have a whole lot else. I mean, they're, there's this, and you look at the schedule, you look, I've got Kim Palm pulled up in front of me. They're not projected to win another game the rest of the season. So that, that tells you where they are. And yeah, I think, I think it's safe to say Capel is just not the answer for that, for that school right now. And which is a shame because, that team had a lot of talent last year. We thought they were about a year away from making the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and then everybody left. And yeah, it's, it, and it's kind of sad because like I said, that team probably, if it would have been able to keep it together, probably would have been the NCAA tournament this year. But uh, it, it, it's clear that uh, Blake Griffin pretty much is the only reason Jeff Capel is a head coach. Something, something has gone amiss there, and uh, a little bit. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in there one more year, um, just given an opportunity. But uh, at some point, there there needs to be a, a moving on there. Um, here's a, the next team up. Uh, a lot of people were talking about, um, and you and I had this conversation uh, about we didn't see it, or you specifically said you didn't. I think you, you didn't see this, Mike Bray and uh, Notre Dame. Um, being the team to keep an eye on this year in the ACC. Um, I I wasn't sure. I, I thought they were going to be better, and I thought maybe it was going to be a return of of what we expected out of the Irish, you know. 
I haven't really seen that. Yeah, I hear, and you know they they have some high some highs. I mean, they beat Kentucky earlier in this year, but they got blown out by Boston College and needed overtime to beat Georgia Tech. You know, that's there's a lot of highs and lows there. Um, they they they've lost to St. Mary's, who's a good team. Texas A and M is a good team. Illinois is a good team, and, and they lost to Indiana, who's a good team too. But like I said, th- there's some questionable results in here that have uh, that make you wonder, you know, that w- uh, wonder about this team. And they are a little bit topsy turvy. They can shoot. They're they're a good shooting team. Blake Wesley, all of a sudden could be a one and done a lot of people are thinking he could be that at uh you know for for them as a guard uh they they've got prentice it's weird because prentice hub has not been quite the factor this year i thought he would be he's come off the bench some um and is not playing as much which you know i thought he, he he played really well at the end of last season i thought he was due for a breakout year and he just hasn't been quite the player uh, but they do have some good, like I say, they, they consistently, you know, have some good shooters for, from, I mean, Dane Goodwin's a really good three-point shooter. Um, you know, say I mentioned Wesley's at 34%, Cormac Ryan's at 35%, Nate, L- Nate Leshevsky's at 44%. They can shoot the three pretty well. I think they're, I think they're about 35% from three for the season, but the key to them is turnovers. They don't turn the ball over much. And that's, and you know, that when you can do that, you have a pretty good shot of winning, winning basketball games. But like I said, you know, there's a, we've seen them on two occasions so far at conference play struggle with the bottom of the league. Since we're up in that neighborhood in uh, Northern Indiana near Chicago, I'll just uh, say this. Um, You had mentioned prior to us going on the air about me having a caterpillar. Uh, This is my George McCaskey. Uh, look, the CEO of the Chicago Bears. And uh, so this is in my you know, support for uh, getting a, a, a decent uh, GM and head coach for once. Well, the difference is you're not you're not going to look like a, a fool on national TV. That's <laughs> true. Oh, my God. Yeah, there are times when people need to shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, thank my God. Uh, foot, meat, mouth. Let's go on to Louisville. Um, I, I'm really disappointed in in Louisville, and it, for me, um, there are a variety of things that are going on there, and I'm looking at a bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, you know they they like we mentioned earlier three. They have three really bad losses. Uh, outside of the conference and their one loss last Saturday night to Florida state. Okay. That's, ex- that's reasonable. You know, Florida state at home is, is pretty good. Uh, they're, they're a tough team at home. Okay. Yeah, fine. Okay. 10 and five overall four and one in the league. They're right up there with them. But like I said, we've seen them on three separate occasions, just, you know, lose to teams that are not good. And, you know, some of that's, you know, Chris, Chris Mack wasn't coaching the team at the time. We have to keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> but now that they're back, you know, he's back, he, you know, they're, they're playing better, but you know, I, they're not, the thing is, is they're not a very good shooting team. They don't, they don't shoot the three very well. They're, they shoot 31% from three. It's just their defense is what's keeping them in games. They're, they're defending pretty well um, ranked, you know, they, their team shoot 30 percent from three against them that's a that's a big stat and then they they don't allow a lot of offensive rebounds either um so but yeah there's that they play they have an easy stretch here over the next week or so they play nc state tonight as on wednesday as we record then saturday they have pits and that's at pit and then a home game against boston college but then they have a pretty rough stretch right after that. Notre Dame at home, at Virginia, Duke at home, Carolina at home. So, th- you know, the end of the the end of the month's going to get real tough for them, and we'll we'll really see where they are by then. Up next, Virginia Tech, and I I hesitate to say bomb here because I, I'm I'm confounded by where the Hokies are right at this moment. Um, I would tend to believe. 
that in the next couple of weeks, just blooming would apply. But man, are they close to, to a really thin line of being bomb. Yeah. Um, who would have thought at this point of the season, they wouldn't have a conference win. Um, that's, that's the real weird part. And, and it's not like they, you know, they haven't faced, you know, they obviously they lost to Duke, um, you know, at Cameron Indoor, no big deal. You know, everyone loses there, but they lost at home to NC state. That's not good. NC state is not a good team. That's, that's a bad loss. Um, they, as we, as we mentioned they on Wednesday, as we're recording this, they do play Virginia um, there. That's a, that's going to be a real close game. Um, but you see them, they've, they really don't have a huge, huge win on their resume. And they've had the opportunities uh, again, you know, when you look at the Ken Palm rankings, they've, they've played three teams in the top 35, uh, two of them on neutral courts and they lost them and they lost both the neutral court games and then lost to Duke. They, they're, they're a good shooting team. They, they're one of the top three point shooting teams in the country. And they're also good at defending the three, but they're the, the thing of it is, is they're, it, it feels like they're just not consistent enough. Um, the, the Storm Murphy came in, and a lot of people thought he would be an immediate impact player, but he's kind of looked lost at times. Now he's played a little bit better lately, but still, you know, been a bit underwhelming as a as a player this year. Um, so I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to see where their trajectory goes here in the coming coming weeks because this team you know, like I say they're right now they're they bombed but I think the potential is there for everything to kind of you know go in their favor but you know we'll see next up is Virginia and quite frankly this is just bomb and uh the just blooming part will be next season I mean I that's the best that I can do for uh for this particular group and you know um, I know that's disappointing. You're a fan of Virginia, and I, it's, I know it's disappointing for all fans, but that's the way it goes. You know, it's like Notre Dame having an up-and-down season, Louisville having an up-and-down season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have teams that are used to winning, Pitt's like that, Syracuse is like that, and then you just have these bad moments, and sometimes mm-hmm. they last for more than one season. So you just have to kind of suck it up and know that, you know, you got to rebuild to something. It can't mm-hmm. be, you know, this consistency all the time. Um, and, and that's certainly uh, reflected even in teams like UNC who are like the gold standard of basketball. Yeah. And the thing about Virginia is their defense. It's normally one of the best in the country. I mean, it's, I mean, we're, you know, two years ago, they had one of the best defensive metrics ever. The, the 2020 team that, uh, that never got to defend its title because of COVID. But you know, looking at the, the last couple of years, the defense has dropped off. But you know, I think some of that this season is because there are just so many new parts to that team that just don't have a firm grasp on the pack line defense. You look at Caden Shedrick, he barely played last year and, you know, he had mono and he was just sick all year and he just wasn't able to get a full, a whole lot of of time under his belt. Jaden Gardner was at ECU last year. He never had any experience with the pack line. Armand Franklin did uh, to an extent at Indiana because they played a version of the pack line. But he did, and his he hasn't been bad defensively. It's just the shooting. He has not been the shooter you know, everyone thought he'd be. The guards, you know, Kihei, Kihei Clark and Reese Beekman, they've they've been themselves, and also they just the the depth that the bench depth hasn't been there. Uh, you know, they're playing you know some guys some guys who don't have who I mean Cody Statman's been there for a few years, but he's been his playing time has been inconsistent. Francisco Cafaro. Um, must dip his hands in grease before games because he just doesn't look like he can hang on to the basketball to save his life. Um, they bring, you know, um, Tane, you know, Tane Murray's a freshman. He's been getting, you know, some playing time lately, but again, he's a freshman. He doesn't have a ton of experience in the pack line, but you said it next year is sort of the year because they bring in a top 15 recruiting class. They're good. There should, and you know, there, there should be some, some things to look forward to in a positive sense, but yeah, um, 
I think at this point, if Virginia gets to the NCAA tournament, that'll be a successful season. Yeah, and quite frankly, it'll be a surprise for me. Uh, NC State is up next. And um, again, here's another team that just is is just so many questions about what's going on. There's this – some days I just feel like there's, okay, you're there and and you're just about to bloom. And then I turn around two days later and it's like thud. Like when they took Purdue to overtime and then suddenly lost to Richmond and Wright State back to back. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> exactly like that, as a matter of fact. I don't yeah. get it. I really don't. And and again, it goes back to what you said. There's a consistency factor or a lack thereof. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they say they, they snapped a five game losing streak and beat Virginia Tech. Yeah. In Blacksburg. Yeah. Big game. You know, yeah. Big win. Solid win in the ACC. <sighs> to, be, to be honest, their defense has struggled. And I think a lot of that has to do with not having Manny Bates. I mean, he got hurt in the first game of the year and he's out for the year. But they and they just don't have the a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, pieces to help fill that. And, you know, their defense, they they don't. They say they don't fend very well at all anywhere. The only good thing they do is they don't turn the ball over a lot. Um, the and that's really the key. We've seen a big improvement from Darian Sebron this year. Um, just he's a very good player. Probably will end up on a, on an All ACC team this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I've I've been a a, um, a Kevin Keats supporter, but my thinking is his seedal region might be getting a little warm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard chatter along those lines and, uh, I'd say that the, the overall results and the amount of time that he's been there probably. Yeah. And to be in the thing of it is he, he's yet to make the NCAA tournament. Now they would have made it in 2020 had there not been a pandemic, but still he hasn't made the tournament. That's, that's not yeah. good. There's a lot of 2020 hindsight in that too. So, you know, uh-huh. uh, Duke, um, let us point out again that this is coach K's departure tour. What? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, man. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things that you, th- I, I do, I think about this as I guess, as it, as it gets closer get closer to the tournament uh, and just sort of reflecting on, on a lot of the things that he's done for that program, which in turn has helped um, the ACC immensely. He's done a lot for the NCAA. He's done a lot for team USA. Um, He's contributed a a lot of positive things. And I know that, you know, even, even at one point uh, in, in my fandom, I was, uh, uh, not a uh, not a fan of ferret face, and uh, so, uh, but you know, as you as you grow a little bit, you you look at what he's accomplished, what he does, how he goes about things, and there should be respect from everybody for for Coach K. I mean, I I, I uh, uh, as as somebody, I guess if I were fans of in other uh, for other teams. I might not miss him one bit considering what he's done, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, just overall, you, you have to look at it and go, you know, this is, this has helped the conference. This guy has helped the conference. He's elevated all of us because we've all shot for him to, and, and that team uh, to, to beat him. And it was a big thing when you beat Duke. Um, so that's a, that's a plus. Uh, and this year so far, I think they're just blooming. Uh, that team seems to be getting better and better. Um, and we'll, we'll see where that all uh, ends up. I, I can actually see them. Um, I don't know at this point if I feel like they could take the entire NCAA tournament, but they can, they're certainly going to be a Sweet 16 team. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really helped them this year is Guard, the guard play has been a lot better this year and obviously helps to have a Paolo Bancaro type yeah. who's, you know, going to be really good at, you know, at a lot of different things, but 
seeing the improvement of Wendell Moore to the yeah. level he has. You know, yeah. Trevor Keels really stepping up as well. AJ Griffin as well. He has really played well of late. Um, all these guys are freshmen, and you know they're and they're filling needs that this team did not have. You know, that this team did not have last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned they're they are they are much better this year. This te- you see that this team is a lot better. Um, you know, they're not going to have a guy quitting on them in the middle of the season uh, this year. I don't think unless you know things go go south but i don't i don't anticipate that in in this version of the acc um and it you know turn the turnovers they don't turn the ball over a lot they're one of their top 10 in turnover percentage um their shooting percentage is top 25 they're just they're everything they do they're they're generally pretty good at and it's not like they you know are are blowing or like putting up a ton of points on everybody i mean yeah they are but i mean to an extent but it's not like they're um you know doing it to everybody i mean remember the the gonzaga game three-point game they were they they were a lot better in that game and i think the score indicated um all these other games you know they've they've you know won by double digits um obviously you know the the georgia tech game where uh he got it, got into it with, I think it was Michael DeVoe um, over something, but yeah. they say they, they they just had a bad loss or a, not a bad loss, but they just had a home loss to Miami. And as we record, they're up 14 with about two and a half left on Wake Forest. Um, so they'll, they'll get another, uh, a solid win there. Um, and then they'll have NC state at home at Florida state, Syracuse Clemson at home. And then three road games in a row at Louisville, at Notre Dame, and at North Carolina. That should be an interesting stretch right there. And I'm curious to see when, if they could, how many, uh, I think they could, they'll take at least one L in that stretch. Yep. Kind of feels like they may. Uh, and it could be, though I, I hesitate to say this, could be at, at Chapel Hill. Uh, just that's because, kind of what I was thinking too. Just because of the emotional aspect of it, but again, emotion also plays into the uh, hands of Duke because Duke gets pumped up for that game. Oh, yeah. uh, and speaking of uh, North Carolina, um, here's a team I feel like it, it started out with the potential of being a bomb and is blooming. Yeah, I remember the second game of the year where Brown gave him a game for 40 minutes, and they they, they won by seven, but. Brown led for a good chunk of that uh, game. Uh, lost to Purdue by nine on a neutral. Okay, fine. Lost to Tennessee by 17 on a neutral. Okay, fine. Beat Michigan but that uh, at home by 21, but that win isn't looking very good right now because Michigan's been one of the most disappointing teams in the country this year. Got blown out in Vegas by Kentucky by 29. Uh, lost at Notre Dame. Okay, that, that's fine. Blew out Virginia. Say Armando Baycott bullied them. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing of it is, is, uh, they, what's kept their defense isn't as good, that great, uh, especially like they don't, they don't force a lot of turnovers. Um, they're, they're shooting the ball pretty well, but their offensive rebound percentage is nowhere near what it's been in the years, in years past. They don't, they don't crash the boards the same way under right. Hubert Davis that they do against Roy Williams. I think he wants him to get back more on defense, maybe because, he knows the defense isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Wake Forest, who is um, uh, certainly is certainly not a bomb, is blooming and uh, continues to. I mean, and they gave Duke a, a pretty decent run for the money in that game that uh, is going on while we're, we are recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, that. Uh, coach has done an immense job there of of rebuilding that team um you know you've brought this up before about you know you 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 could see that if you knew his background and knew what he was capable of and and you know look at his resume you know that that was what was going to happen with wake forest he has turned that system around very quickly yeah, only a couple of years. And, you know, with the transfer portal being as big as it is, it's really sped up the process. I mean, we didn't expect Alondis Williams and Jake LaRabia to be, you know, potential all ACC caliber players uh, right you know, this year. 
but they've been the kind of the catalyst for Wake Forest's success. And that they're, you know, say Williams has been kind of a, of a huge, huge uh, a factor for the, the Deeks this year, you know, helping them to, you know, some of the win, uh, overtime win over Northwestern, beating Virginia Tech by 19. Um, you know, the win over Florida State by 20 plus, beating Syracuse in overtime. I mean, they, they're, they, they took the loss to Duke tonight, but, you know, some of that is they're just, you know, they're obviously they're just undermanned compared to Duke. And Jake LaRavia had to sit out a lot with because uh, he picked up three fouls in the first half. But they're one of the top two-point shooting teams in the country, shooting just under 60 point, 60% from two-point ranges. They get a lot of the buckets on the inside. And that's where, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of the work. Um, you know, after this, they have Virginia on the road Saturday. That's going to be a, an interesting game. That's going to be a tough game. And, uh, again, I think I think right now Steve Forbes is ACC Coach of the Year. What he's done with this team is really impressive. Speaking of coaches of the year, you might um, might also want to look at Clemson here just uh, quickly too. Um, maybe not at the same level, obviously, as Steve Forbes, but uh, uh, Clemson has done a pretty decent job. You know, I, I just didn't I. I saw this, I saw this program sort of coming to a head, you know, and, and being done. And, but they're not doing too bad this season. I have not been, I, I have not a Brad, Brad Burnell guy. I have never seen it and seen the, um, seen it in, in him. He had one good, uh, NCAA tournament run, the 2018 tournament where bleep went haywire in, in the first round yeah. and everything just nothing, nothing made sense other than the, the national champion, but you know, they've had some losses to teams like St. Bonaventure and West Virginia, especially where they led for dominated for 30 minutes, but then just couldn't do anything the final five ten minutes of, of the game that caused them to lose um you know they they blew out virginia at home uh, uh in charlottesville by 17 then turn around lost to them at home by 10 and they just got blown out tonight uh, by by notre dame i think they lost by 16 i think it was yeah they lost 72 to 56 to notre dame and i just I like I say I'm not very I'm not a very impressed with with Brad Brunell. I feel like this team is I mean they have pieces. I like PJ Hall. He's a good player. Outside of that, I mean I mean Nick Honor's a good three-point shooter. Uh and so is Alamir Dawes. And Hunter Tyson's a pretty good three-point shooter, but I just I just don't see it in this team. I feel like they're ready to kind of take a step back. Um, maybe not right away because they play Boston College, Syracuse, and Pitt, but I, I, I just don't see it in this team. Josh Pastner in Georgia Tech. <sighs> got Alec, you know, got it just really says it all in opening night. They lost to Miami of Ohio. Uh, but they went off and beat one five in a row, but they also didn't play anybody, they play anybody of substance in that stretch. And when they started playing good teams, they lost, lost to Wisconsin, lost to North Carolina, lost to LSU, lost to USC, lost to Louisville, lost to Duke, lost to Notre Dame in overtime. They're 0-4 in the league this year. Granted, they've had a really tough uh, uh, conference schedule right. so far, as I just mentioned. They'll, they, as we as said, they, they play Boston College tonight on Wednesday night. So we don't know how that, how that game is faring, but I, I think this is, this team's really showing you just how much Jose Alvarado meant to this Georgia Tech program. I mean, Definitely. With, without him, they just, they just look really bad. Um, we've talked about the injury bug at Miami and, um, you, you know, Isaiah Wong really carrying the two buckets of water mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe more for them for the last couple of seasons. And, and it seems to be coming together here. But um, is this team, I, I mean, they're, they're close. They're close to, to 
you know, they, they keep winning by a point or, or, you know, or losing by a point. And it's like, holy smokes, dude, are you, are you getting ready to bloom on us or are you going to bomb? Which one is it? I'm not sure. Yeah. You talked about it. You know, they've had a lot of close, several close games this year, Florida Atlantic one by two, uh, beat Penn state by five. Uh, they had the, the Syracuse game. They won by one beat Duke by two lost to Florida state by one. They play, they don't play again until next Tuesday at the 18th. And they have uh, North Carolina at home. That'll probably be a close game. Yeah. You know, Florida state at home. That's, that should be a close game again. Yeah. But what's keeping them in it is shooting. They're, they're shooting pretty well from inside and outside. They don't turn the ball over much. Um, they're just, but they're, but the thing of it is, is their defense. They don't, they're not a great defensive team. If they can't hit their shots, they're not going to win games. Right. Yeah. You, you, you can't, you cannot um, depend solely on, um, on offense running scores up all the time and not doing, you know, not playing mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Um, we've, we've seen that in the, on, on the football field this past season. Uh <laughs> Let's uh, let's look at Florida State here because man, this is a team that, quite honestly, I'm a little disappointed here. Um, but are they starting to click? Well, we'll see. I mean, like I say they're probably one of the more disappointing teams I've I've felt this season. They were they were my pick to win the league this year, and they've you know they're nine and five overall, three and two in the ACC. I mean, they're still in it. Obviously, we still have a long ways to go, but. Um, they say blown out by Florida, by Florida at their place needed overtime to beat Boston university, um, blo- you know, blown out by Purdue lost by three at home to Syracuse lost by one, uh, at to South Carolina and, uh, South Carolina is not very good. You know, close win over NC state on the road. Yeah. Blown out by 22 against wake forest. Obviously the one point win over Miami in a rivalry game. So but yeah, they have some bad losses, but they, they don't, I wouldn't say they have that signature win just yet. Now, Louisville, Miami are currently, you know, two of the top teams in the standings, but they're not there. I would, I don't know if they would call it, they would be, I don't, I don't have the net ring up in front of me, but I can't imagine they're going to be, you know, more than a quad two win at this point. So coming up on uh, our next uh, program we're going to have a special guest kelly quinlan will be joining us um he's been with us several times talk football basketball and georgia tech sports in general so we're going to find out from kelly a little more about what's going on at, at georgia tech uh first uh we're going to talk about uh the football program because there's a lot of changes going on there and what he thinks may be transpiring in in if if Collins will have another year or so to to make things work or not, and then we'll talk about Passner and the and the basketball program and uh, see how that all works out. That's Kelly Quinlan coming up on our next program, so I hope you'll join us. Soon. 